Jazz allowed 35 second half points tonight. And I'll go back to something Tim Lacombe joins us now along with Jake Scott. Tim, what jumps out to me tonight, Donovan's not good tonight. Like, and I, it was almost as though he his legs were gone and then he got hit in the head and he just seemed off. And this team had the firepower to come back from double digits to be able to overcome without Donovan Mitchell. That, that's what they got Mike Conley for a year ago, and he was fabulous, but it just showed some depth to this team. Absolute depth. Um, I agree with you, David, in, in your assessment that uh, even though it wasn't pretty, this game is equally uh, as impressive uh, as some of the great wins the Jazz have had um, because it is it's really difficult when a team kind of has your number, like the Knicks have the, had the Jazz number, uh, and everything was looking exactly like the second half in New York, uh, and the Jazz found a way to play through it. And like you said, without Donovan, everybody else really contributed. A couple hustle plays keyed the, keyed the run, um, and Rudy was phenomenal. I mean, absolutely phenomenal tonight in, in pretty much every aspect. The numbers on Rudy tonight, he was plus 25 when we were plus 10. Like, that's crazy. And I'm not, like, that big a believer in, like, one night plus minus numbers. That's not really, like, a number that I believe in, single game plus minus, unless it's that, right? Yeah, he and Mike were b both plus 27. Well, Mike there. is the number one plus minus player in the league, but what you're, if you really dig into it, what the Jazz have done for Mike Conley this year is he only plays with Rudy Gobert. Definitely. Um, great adjustments, too. You know, we talked at halftime. One of the things that, uh, that Mike Wells said at halftime, and we talked about it, uh, it's really hard when you're taking the ball out of the net to play as effective as the Jazz want to. Um, really kind of buckled down defensively, made things really a lot more difficult. But I felt like they had a little more force to them on the offensive end, too. You know, the first half, the Knicks were standing them up on every cut, on every drive. Like you said, they were tentative, not knowing where the help was coming from, and they were thinking. Um, I felt like they just lowered their head and played with a ton of force in the second half and really kind of turned that game. Well, you made an interesting comment at halftime. You drive, and Ron can probably speak to this, you drive a few times and get stood up. You, you, you aren't that interested in driving again. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was never a great player, but, yeah, it only took me about half a drive to get hit and stop. But it, it is. It's, it's kind of a superhuman thing, you know, that – that the Jazz really, to be able to flip that physicality was was really impressive. Well, they are, uh, they're a team, I don't think, that this is, for some reason, is not a team that's a, a, that can finish. And I'm talking about the New York Knicks. I think I learned something from the Jazz tonight because uh, they finished the basketball game. I mean, they knew that the shots that they were getting that first half was, was something uh, that they're accustomed to getting and they should be knocking them down. But the defense side of the basketball game tonight was, I, I thought, was impressive for the Jazz because they were able to keep the nets away from the rim, keep from getting into the paint. And I need to ask you about Barrett. What do you think about him? I mean, the fifth player picked in the draft, and, and I, I guess I was just looking for something more out of him than just seem like he's just out there on the floor. You know, what's what's interesting we talked about this in the in the pregame he was he was actually the number one ranked player out of high school over zion um and, and yeah I, I think at times you know when things are going good he's pretty good um but you saw as that thing tightened up uh he, he really want, he, he didn't have much of, a, of, a, of an impact on the game and that's where he's got to kind of make that move he he doesn't have any explosion 
Certainly not defensively. Royce ran right by oh, him yeah, a number that, of times. That was really yeah. bad. Yeah. But I, I mean, I really I, like that. Like I had this reaction to him last year too. Like the first, I'd never seen him. I don't watch college basketball, and we weren't picking in the top five. So there was no. I mean, the only time I'd ever seen him was highlights of the, when Canada beat USA in the U18s. Right. That's his coming out party. Um. What did he play well? Didn't yeah, he? He, yeah, he led the Canada to beat USA for the first time ever. I think it was U19s or U18s. Tim, do you know? Yeah, it was uh, U18s. So I mean, this was a huge moment in the history of Canada. In Canada basketball, they beat, they won that game. But I think the, um, you know, what I think it, but I, when I, I did, I had the same reaction last year. It's like, wow, he can get in the lane, but he can't. He doesn't. He can't get up. Like, these are the greatest athletes in the world. You have to be so unbelievably outstanding to stand out in this setting. Like that's like for that's what I'll take it back to Rudy, like and even Mike tonight. But like for Rudy to be as dominant as he is at seven two, you just have to be so special in so many ways. Like and you know what? I know Rudy's shooting percentage isn't anywhere near what it used to be. I kind of love these trying. Uh, we talked about, too, I mean, <clears throat> how hard it must be to have to run that hard all the time. Um, you know, the Jazz did a good job tonight of trying to reward him for running a few times. But, like, he's the key to that. He, he Stretching that defense the way how hard he runs and attacks the glass. And he's doing so many things out there. Um, he, he, was, he was absolutely pivotal tonight. I was wrong. It's U19, David. U19s U19, is what okay. he got, yeah. All right, before I leave, I want to say it again. Um, if for those people driving, 1,500 driving home or someone listening, if just take a minute today. We all need inspiration every now and then. We lost a great one today in Sekou Smith, who's a good friend of mine, not, not as close as some other people, but in my NBA family, people, people I really like, cared about, excited to see. The NBA family is real, by the way. I don't know if people know that, understand this, but, like, you live on the road. We don't this year. It's, what's so, it's why all of us are so broken about it. You live on the road, and you see these people two or three times a year, and – it's actually a family. Like you've, like I saw Seku for 20 straight years. Right? He, I think he probably. I'm going to guess he started. Well, actually, probably 30. I'll, I'll actually. I don't know. I'd have to check. I would guess probably maybe 25. He probably started uh, as a reporter in maybe somewhere between 96 and 01. He started as a reporter in Indianapolis with the Pacers when, and I was in the league at that point. So you've just seen these guys for a long time. This was a guy who just, he just had it, man. He just had life. Like it's such a damn shame. Uh, and for those who ever watch him on television, you kind of know who he is, but you're going to uh, take a second, and this is my point on this. Take a second, and if, even if you don't know him, just search Seku Smith. It's trending, frankly. Um, so it shouldn't be hard. And just see what people are saying, because that's what we should all aspire to. Not to die at 49, certainly, and not to be die from a pandemic that we generally ignored for the last nine months in our country and have all lost someone now at this point. This is, you know... We're all been touched by it in some way. But moreover, it's the way you want to live that you have this, that joyousness to you and to everyone you bring. I, I always have said, and I don't think I've done it very well in my life, but my goal in life was, has always been that if I walk in the room, it lights up, that I could bring energy into every room I ever entered. Seku did that. that and, you, and when you read the comments that everyone says about Seku Smith today, you will feel that. And hopefully tomorrow you can live your life with a little bit extra of that in honor of him because this was a great man. So, sadness. Well, thanks, uh, David, for sharing that, though. Appreciate it, man.
Thanks, guys. All right, there you go. That's David Locke. Jazz come away with a win tonight, 108-94. We'll get to the Jazz Game Night postgame show coming up next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. The Jazz winners tonight, 108 to 94 over the New York Knicks. And I got this uh, tweet here, uh, Tim, from uh, from Andy on Twitter. He says, I can already hear the Jake Scott lead in for the post game. It was the tale of two halves. Well, Tim, it was the tale of two halves tonight. It was the tale of two halves. And, and luckily, this time it worked in the Jazz favor because uh, – it was almost like they flipped the script completely. The game in New York, they were up 12 at the half, and, and the bottom kind of fell out. Um, it really is hard when you get off to a tough start. And that coupled with, I give the Knicks so much credit, and, and I think some of this has to go to Johnny Bryant with tendencies because I think, obviously, he knows the Jazz as well as anybody. Um, you know, they had a great game plan, really made things difficult. But to the Jazz credit, instead of uh, kind of, shrinking or relenting they faced it and played with a ton of force really to ratchet up the defense i felt like that was the biggest difference uh we were talking off the air i said uh you know kind of talking about what was different and and you talked about getting stops and it was really on the defensive side of the basketball and and it took everybody um you know david alluded to the fact that you know it was donovan who uh was not great in the first half offensively but if you go look at the numbers nobody was and so this game had to be won a different way. It wasn't like they were just going to go out and run around. Um, you know, I think the last game, maybe they, they got everything so easily against Golden State. And really, New York just came out and punched him right in the face to start this thing. Uh, Donovan's got, you know, cotton up his nose because he got popped. Um, it was a very physical game and uh, really a big-time effort for, by the Jazz to to kind of change that narrative. It gets back to what Donovan said after the Pelicans game. He said, you know, this is a game where we faced some adversity and it could have been uh, down and out, but they fought back and won. And, you know, it wasn't just a first quarter this time. It was the first half. And Austin Rivers, my goodness. Uh, by the way, 0 for 4 in the second half. All 25 points coming in the first half. And, uh, it, you know, they fought back. They didn't let it. They didn't let it beat them. Like that number to me is the craziest one. I tweeted it out, but... Austin had 25 in the first half, and the Knicks as a team had 35 total points in the second That's half. That's wild. So you can just see that that was, you know, obviously Austin Rivers, when he came in, they were very, their antennas were up. They were ready to guard him. But up until that point, they did a great job of just making their presence known defensively. As far as the Jazz goes, uh, Royce O'Neal, congratulations to him on a career high. He had 20 points tonight, and he was fantastic. I mean, 7 of 12 shooting, 2 of 5 from 3, 6 rebounds, 2 assists. He had a block, but he he was very, very good tonight. Uh, Mike Conley had 19 points. Uh, Rudy Gobert with 18 points, 19 rebounds, and 4 block shots. Rudy was so good. Uh, Clarkson with 13 coming in off the bench. Bogdanovich with 11. Donovan Mitchell had nine, just nine points tonight on uh, three of 15 shooting. But you got to like to see this, Tim, on a night where, you know, he's not shooting the ball real well. Uh, goes out there and pulls down eight boards, uh, gets three assists, finds uh, uh, another way to make an impact. Yeah, and when you can win uh, without your, I guess, your bell cow, your superstar, the guy that leads you, if you can, if you can win with them having a rough night, uh, and Donovan certainly had a rough night, 
but everybody else rallied and picked him up. Um, it, it speaks to kind of the, I guess, the chemistry and the depth yeah. of this team. Locke alluded to this, that he um, has the humility to let himself have a bad night and not, I mean, I guess how I interpreted it is fight the, um, fight the uh, temptation to go out there and play your way out of it, right? Well, I'm going to go out there and still take over this game. He said, I'll take a step back, do some other things, and, and let other guys go win this one. And I thought in the fourth quarter he played, you know, he didn't score the ball per se, but I thought he facilitated really well. Um, you know, his reputation still exists, and even though he had a rough game, he still used that to his advantage and got a bunch of guys. He got Rudy a couple shots. Uh, got Clarkson a three in the corner. So, you know, great job just keeping his head in it. And I agree, it, it does take a really mature player to kind of understand, hey, it's not my night. I'm going to defer to other guys. For the Knicks, Austin Rivers led the way with his 25 points, but he got them all in the first half. He was 0 for 4 in the second half, 0 points in the second half. Julius Randle had 18 on 6 of 16 shooting. Boy, it's so different from that night in New York where he was so efficient and went for 30. Uh, Big-time difference. Uh, and then R.J. Barrett, we talked about him a little bit with Lock and Boone, a ho-hum 17 on 7 of 11 shooting. And he did make three threes tonight. We talked about that being kind of one of – his difficult things, he's shooting in the like 27, 28% from three, makes all uh, three of them tonight. Uh, but, you know, in, in the end, the Jazz just had too much, which is what we thought going in, but they kind of had to play through a, a major uh, amount of adversity to get this thing corralled. Our guy Alec Burke struggled a little bit tonight, three of 14. He had nine points. He did have seven rebounds and an assist. But I'll tell you what, I just, I, I like to watch an Alec play because he just, he thought, had so much adversity his last few years here with the Jazz. Could not get out and stay on the floor. And he's got kind of that unique body style and movement to him. It was He didn't play real well, uh, real well, but it was fun to see Alec out there. Yeah, it was great to see Alec again. He, you know, It's always great to see guys who really contributed to the organization. And like David said, I, he'll be a guy that sticks around because he's a great guy. And, uh, and he, you know, he, he didn't tonight, but most nights he can shoot it. Yep, no doubt about it. All right, with that, uh, we will say good night uh, to our network stations. Our next broadcast is coming tomorrow night. Tim, one of the rare back-to-backs. Uh, the Jazz will be back in this building playing host to the Dallas Mavericks. But the game time, a little bit different. National TV, uh, 8 o'clock start time uh, for the for the game tomorrow. So if you're planning on tuning in at 7, delay an hour. Go get some dessert or something. 8 o'clock start uh, coming up tomorrow. So for those of you sticking around with us, we'll have uh, post-game sound, and we'll continue to break this one down as well as the Jazz get a uh, win over the Knicks, their ninth consecutive win, 108-94. Uh, more straight ahead here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network. It's brought to you by Mark Miller, Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Coach Tim LeCombe with you. Your final. Jazz beat the Knicks tonight 108-94. to uh, Jazz trailed by as many as 15 in the game tonight. Let's get to your sharp stats of the game. Brought to you by the Les Olsen Company. Les Olsen Company, your office technology partner. Uh, tonight, Tim, the Jazz shot 40.2% from the field, 31.3% from three, uh, 15 of 48. They were led by Royce O'Neal's career high, 20 points. He had six boards and two assists. Mike Conley with uh, 19.7 rebounds, five assists, and by the way, plus 27 on the night. Rudy Gobert also plus 27 on the night, 18 points, 19 rebounds, four block shots. This might have been Rudy's best game of the year. Um, Jordan Clarkson with 13 
coming in off the bench. Donovan Mitchell struggled tonight uh, with nine on three of 15 shooting. One uh, one number that does uh, stand out as well, Tim, uh, the Jazz only had six turnovers tonight. That, that, with the physicality that's the, and the way that uh, the Knicks were getting into them, that's really impressive uh, to be able to, to take care of the ball that well. Um, the other part, that's, the number that jumps out at me is the Jazz shot. And we would say they, they shot poorly from three tonight for, you know, compared to what they've shot. They were 31%, but they made 15 threes. Um, it's just, it's an amazing shooting team. Um, and all you need is, you know, a couple of spurts in a game to be able to kind of break that thing open. And that's what we saw tonight. Yeah. Defense uh, certainly was, uh, was a big deal as they clamped down there in, in the second half. Uh, there's there's certainly no doubt about that. And Rudy is just, I mean, he's so dominant defensively. It, it's really amazing. Uh, Locke was getting into the, the percentile. The Jazz uh, defense is in the 16th percentile when Rudy's off the floor. And then I think he said the 90th percentile when Rudy's on the floor, which is just pretty amazing because it's not like the defense drops off that much or it would seem with Derek Favors as compared to, say, Tony Bradley. I think it's more just to comment on uh, exactly how good uh, he Rudy is. You know, where, where it speaks to where, where he's really good, too, is in pick and roll. Um, you know, he covers so much ground. He, he always is in the right place. Um, and you see it when he's not in there at times. Favors will take a bad angle. Um, you know, he's not nothing against Derek. But, you know, Rudy just has all of that so uh, dialed in. Um, and then, you know, if, if they miss, the other team misses, you know Rudy's going to get the board because he is just absolutely a monster on the glass. The other number that is impressive in the way the Jazz won tonight, we've talked about the fact that the Jazz don't get to the line much, um, but tonight they got to the line 22 times, and felt like that was a, another part. They found another way to get some points. Um, so, again, this, game, this team just continues to find ways to win. Um, I've been around it long enough to know it's way better than finding ways to lose. You know, you, you make a great point about the free throws because that's not something that we've seen a whole lot uh, at times this year. And to make 19 of them, I mean, remember the games where they were shooting in the 50% uh, range from, from the free throw line. So in games maybe where it seems a little bit more ugly and, and points are a little bit more at a premium, uh, that seems to me like a big deal, uh, particularly in a game like this. And Rudy's 100% from the line again tonight. How about that? Let's go. Rudy played great tonight. Wow, there's no doubt. All right, uh, let's get to some postgame sound. Let's start with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Hey, coach, we'll get started with Ben Anderson if you're ready. Ready? Uh, hey, Quinn, what did you get from Royce tonight? He seemed really good on both ends of the floor. Yeah, it, I guess it's what didn't we get. Um, you know, defensively, you know, he matched up on Randall. He guarded Rivers for a, a spell. Um, you know, on the offensive end, you know, especially early in the game when they were shifted off him, he's ready to shoot and knocking it down. And then I thought he made the right read a lot of times where when he did drive, um, there was space and he was poised in the lane. You know, a lot of times, you know, any player, when you drive to the rim, you know, you're attacking the rim. Sometimes it's harder to slow down um, and read. And particularly against these guys with the shot blockers that they have, and the fact that they're really collapsed, protecting the paint, um, you have to have poise in the lane. There was one play pivoted, you know, we talk about feet and fakes, um, you know, and he, he made he made really, really good decisions on offense. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. 
when it seemed like you guys made uh, some headway offensively early in the third quarter when you kind of gave the ball to Mike and, and kind of shifted to him as the primary ball handler, what did you see out of him in that stretch and, and what improved during that time? Well, you know, we, Mike, we have, Mike has the ball in his hands a lot. Um, that's the, one of the good things about our team is we've got multiple guys that can make plays. I, honestly, he made a couple shots. Um, you know, like I said, even with Royce, it went under. I made some good reads. Um, when he got in the lane, he kept his poise. Um, you know, we, we had a lot of stretches that you, it was hard to differentiate how well we were playing because we, we didn't make shots. Um, and certainly at that point, he came out, um, you know, knowing that, that, that he hadn't in, in the first half. And the best thing about that, frankly, is, is you know, to keep attacking, you know, to not um, change the way that you're playing and to stay aggressive. And, you know, I have so much confidence in him um, that if he's not making, you know, we want him to keep shooting. It felt the same way about Donovan, um, you know, for, for us to have trouble making, making shots and still take 48 threes to me is more significant than anything. Cause there was a stretch where, you know, we didn't see it go in for a long period of time. And, you know, when that happens, there's a tendency to stop shooting and, you know, you got to still take open shots. Those are good shots for us. Um, and like you said, at the beginning, you know, Mike made some, and then we had a few, you know, go in sporadically after that, but um, we kept attacking. Chris and Kenny, Jazz TV. At that third quarter, during that third quarter, Coach, we saw a lot more hustle with Mike Conley sliding on the floor, Jordan Clarkson getting to the line. What was the, the message at half? I mean, we, we hustle, you know, sometimes there's not a loose ball f for you to slide to. Um, but clearly, um, I, I think we started the game. Sometimes we start the game and you make a couple shots and it, it lifts you. Um, you know, New York, New York came out playing, playing hard. Um, I, I think our team competes and, you know, there's certainly there's, there's stretches where, um, you know, see opportunities for guys flying around. There was a couple of them. And I thought it was really significant in both halves um, where we were on the offensive glass, where we had two or three chances to score. And sometimes those were great looks and they weren't going in and we just kept competing. So I, I think there was a number of possessions um, where that that occurred. And, you know, that's who we are. You know, we, we kept battling and didn't feel sorry for ourselves that shots weren't being made in the first half. You know, they hit some great shots, you know, hats off to them. Um, and we hung in there. Tony Jones, The Athletic. How important was that those were those initial uh, few first few minutes in the second half that you guys made a few sh shots, but more importantly, got a few stops consecutively? Well, I think, frankly, that was the biggest thing. Um, seeing the ball go in kind of gave us some life. Um, but, you know, after... It would have been easy to kind of hang our heads even in the first half, um, you know, the, some of the plays they were making. Um, so to see the ball go in was good, but I think our defense, th th this game is about our defense, um, you know, to give up a 13-point fourth quarter, to get stronger as the game went along, um, and to continue to attack offensively. Um, that's one of the things we didn't do when we played them last time. We didn't continue to attack. Um, we weren't making shots, but we kept attacking. And again, like you said, I our, our, think our defense helped our offense. 
Um, but for a team that can score the ball and has a lot of guys that can shoot the ball, um, that maybe individually kind of identify with the offensive end, I think collectively that same group of players really identified with the defensive end, and that's one of the things that we're doing right now that's you know helping us play well. Last question, David James, KUTV. Coach, you were down 13 at the half, but were you pretty happy with the way the team was playing, just given the fact that they were missing open shots? Yeah, I think, you know, I think early um, they hit some tough shots. Um, we needed to adjust, you know, on Rivers. Um, felt like, you know, really he, he was the difference in, in the first half in many respects. Um, you know, aside from us maybe not making some plays offensively. Um, it, it, the league kind of ballooned up again. You know, I think we cut it, you know, throughout the half, but, you know, went into the locker room down, as you said. So the way that we came out in the second half, I think, you know, this wasn't a game where we had as much energy, I think, as we wanted. You know, we were trying to run, um, you know, so it was just a really, really good effort. And, you know, th th we did a lot of good things that didn't show up on the scoreboard. And sometimes it's like that. And people talk about winning ugly, and tonight ugly was really pretty. All right, okay. that's it. Thanks so much, Coach. How about that for a last line there, uh, Tim? Uh, this tonight winning ugly was really pretty. And I, and I totally agree. Uh, I think as a coach sometimes, you know, the other night everything kind of came so easy. But when you see a team, particularly a team that, you know, saw this very game a couple times earlier in the year, and, you know, to, to Quinn's point, they – Instead of kind of shrinking from it, they stood up to it, and it's hard. It really is hard. Uh, you know, I know um, we all just sit around and watch and think that every shot should go in and every play should be made, but some nights they don't, and you've got to find ways to turn the momentum. Um, ugly, I agree with him, ugly was pretty tonight because um, just how difficult that is to do. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I thought it was also interesting, Coach Snyder, talking about um, Austin Rivers was the difference in the first half. Have to make an adjustment on him and, and figure out how to not let him score 25 points and a half. And, boy, did they ever make a great adjustment. He went from 25 to zero. But, you know, that I, I bet that's, you know, to simplify it like that is helpful for a team, I'm sure. You know, don't panic. We just got to do something about this guy right here. Yeah, and they, they just had way more urgency to not only him, but to all of the Knicks. I think they came out with way more urgency. But to, to Quinn's credit, I think this team does hustle, and I do think they play together. Yep. Uh, they don't take, you know, plays off, nights off. Um, sometimes you run into a difficult situation, whether it be, um, you know, not being able to make shots or not being able, you know, our, our guy has an out-of-body experience. Let's be honest, Rivers was making some crazy shots in the first half. Um, but you also understand that's probably not sustainable for them. So if you can flip your energy and mojo, um, you can flip the game. Yeah, it's it's funny because we think of Austin Rivers as this, uh, you know, this weapon because he always seems to play so well against the Jazz. You know, you people would be surprised to learn that he's only averaging before this game about 8.3 points per game. So, I mean, it's, it's not like he's this big weapon for the Knicks. He just, he, he's just unconscious against this jazz team. It's one of those things. It's he's this generation's Linus Klaza. Yeah. He just, he lights up when he sees them. Yeah. 
And we can all we can all think of uh, them throughout history, right? There's those uh, the, the jazz killers, Eddie Johnson, history. Eddie Johnson, yeah, Fast that, Edward. That one always uh, that one always comes to mind. And then Linus was I always remember because it was so out of the blue because he was so not a factor against the whole rest of the league, and he would just come in and, and light the jazz on fire. JJ Barea, another one, another of those, one, right? Vernon Maxwell, Vernon Maxwell, absolutely he loved he loved playing in Utah. Yep, he did. So, uh, you know, Austin Rivers is just one of those guys. And and Locke actually talked about it uh, earlier on the station uh, when he jumped on with Hanson Scotty. I mean, he's a really good isolation player. He can, you know, he's a really good ball handler. He can figure out a way to get shots. And sometimes that's where the Jazz struggle defending. Yeah, they do. And that's what kind of had me nervous. You know, even though the Jazz fought back, it's like, hey, in the fourth quarter, they're just going to spread everybody out and isolate. And that's going to be hard for the Jazz. But you know, the Jazz were able to get enough stops that they flipped the game from a half-court game to a transition game. They, they, you know, when the Jazz are coming at you with a full head of steam and shooters running the corners and a big guy running down the middle, you can say, hey, we're, we're going to be good defensively, but you just have to react. And that's the difference, I think, major difference in this Jazz team is in years past, they just had to kind of stay the course and ratchet up, you know, their half-court offense. This has become a real weapon. And the Jazz transition because of the stops they got blew this game open. All right, uh, coming up right around the corner, uh, we will continue to break this one down. We'll get you some uh, player sound as well. We'll find out how the players reacted to this win. The Jazz beat the Knicks tonight uh, by the count of 108 to 94. Go. Uh, want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. 108 to 94 is your final. More next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. Jazz victorious. They beat the Knicks 108-94. to Post Game brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Let's get to tonight's Master of the Glass. Tim, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, a local vehicle glass expert, back for another great year of basketball and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound program at the end of the regular season. Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. As usual, your Master of the Glass tonight is Rudy Gobert, but he was particularly masterful tonight, Tim. 19 rebounds from Rudy. He had uh, seven offensive rebounds to go along with his 18 points and four block shots, and uh, he was just a monster because it's not like the Knicks are a bad rebounding team. No, they're actually um, about even with the Jazz, and that's, uh, you know, we've called the Jazz an elite rebounding team. I think that's one of the things that makes the Knicks really good this year to go with their defense is they do a great job on the glass. Though The number that stands out to me, Rudy had seven offensive rebounds. You look at the Knicks team, and Randall had eight defensive rebounds, um, and no one else had any more than that. Rudy had seven offensive rebounds. Just speaks to how hard he's playing right now uh, and how dominant he is on the glass. It, it, if you just mentioned this, I apologize, but 17 total offensive rebounds for the Utah Jazz tonight, that seems like a terrific number. Yeah, and, that, and that's what you got to do when, it's, when you're not making shots. Um, you've got to give yourself extra possessions. That's a very, very well-coached team. Uh, when, when a team finds ways to, to get extra possessions, and the Jazz certainly did that tonight. 
Uh, let's also uh, let's also get to your points in the paint brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting. You do life. Jazz ended up on top in points of the paint tonight, 44 to 40, which is uh, pretty remarkable considering the Knicks got uh, uh, did most of their damage in the first quarter in the paint. Locke was talking about this. They got some like first 15 of their first 20 shots were in the paint. And a lot of them weren't great. You know, some some shots that the the Jazz give up if it's contested over Rudy. But they were getting pretty deep without a whole lot of, of resistance. The Jazz changed that throughout the, the course of the game and did a better job, A, of keeping them out and then contesting those shots um, down the stretch. All right, let's get some post-game sound. Let's start things off with Donovan Mitchell. We'll get started with Kristen Kenny and Jazz TV. Hey, Don, um, it, with uh, the Knicks having a 15-point lead, it could have been easy to hang your heads, but you guys didn't dwell. What does a win like this show you about the growth of where you guys are as a team? I think the biggest thing is, you know, we just kept fighting, kept plugging away. You know, Austin Rivers gets hot. You know, um, we're standing that, we're standing there. They hit some tough shots, like they hit contested shots. And, you know, we, we came out flat and then we turned our energy up to come into the half. And we didn't come in with any sort of doubt, in the, you know, to start the, uh, to come in at halftime. And, you know, to start the third, we just kept going, you know, and you got to credit Royce, Mike, Rudy dominating on the boards. Like that's, that's huge. That was huge for us. Um, we just kept shooting, you know, the shots not always going to fall. But we kept shooting and kept trying to defend, and we held them to a 13-point fourth quarter. Uh, that's who we need to be, and I'm really happy with the way we, we finished and the way we played as a whole. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not going to be sunshines and rainbows every day. You know, I think that's the best part about this is we, we're learning, we're finding new instances every game, you know, and how to fight adversity in different ways, and, you know, this was a good win. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Donovan, you probably saw that the Utah State uh, House of Representatives passed a resolution today saying uh, honoring you over Shaquille O'Neal and I don't know, considering you for the state arachnid and whatever else. What was your reaction when you saw that? Um, man, I, I didn't at first I didn't know what, what it was at first. And then and then I was, you know, just I'm just blessed that, that people think of me that way. You know, here I think that's just something that, you know, I'm just honored. You know, I think that's it. You know, I think it was it's it's fun. It's fun to be a part of that. I think. You know, um, I really didn't know what to think, but I think the biggest thing you when I, I kind of sat in my car and just reflected on, I looked at it in a, in a different light. I looked at it in a way of just like the fact that that's even a thing, you know, growing up being a kid, you always want to kind of be that, that guy that's beloved. And I, I really appreciate the support uh, from that, you know, and I, I think it's, it's, it's special and it's an honor. It's, it's kind of funny. You know, I think, um, I think it's, it's, I think they had what the ref jersey, uh, somebody had the ref jersey on. And then I think that's just like, I think it was just pretty cool. Um, and who knows? I don't, am I, is it like the state spider? Like, I don't, I don't know how that works, to be honest with you. I, I was asking around. We don't really know. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody really knows, but, uh, like, I think it was just pretty, pretty funny, pretty cool. And, you know, um, so thank you. Tony Jones, The Athletic. Donovan, I'm gonna ask you this because Roy, Royce wouldn't um, give a real. Royce doesn't like talking about himself, but you know yeah. how hard did Roy, Royce work during the off season? Because I know you've been there with him, kind of every step of the way. Uh, just kind of, you know, working on his shot, working on attacking closeouts, making secondary reads, and you know, and and, and talk about that and and just his defense on Julius Randle uh, tonight, especially in the second half. 
Yeah, you know, he's a guy, you know, we came in together. Obviously, it's known that we're, we're close, but he's just a nonstop worker, man. You know, from going for his journey to the to the NBA is different than most. Uh, and, you know, you just see the consistent persistence and the hard work. So nights like tonight are, are no surprise. You know, this is um, this is something that this is this is a rush we all know. He's, he's a dog, man. He's going to go out there and work. When we were down there in Miami, he was, you know, sprints, weights, court, whatever it is, like two days, whatever it needed, he was he was there doing it, you know, and I think that's just a testament to his work ethic, his skill. Um, <clears throat> I really believe that he should be on the all-defensive team. Um, you know, he's going out there guarding, he goes from guarding a guard to guarding uh, a forward like Julius, he, he, he does it all, you know, and I think he took, you know, the, the series loss against Denver, you know, very personally, came in with a, a, just a completely, I wouldn't say different mindset, but even more locked in. Um, and I think it's showing, you know, throughout these games, you know, and then as far as his shot goes, he's just letting it fly with confidence. That's who we need, you know, because if teams used to help off him and now they're kind of hesitant to do that and it opens up things for myself, Mike and, and Rudy and, and everybody getting in the paint. Um, and then when they do close out, he's able to get in there, find the big, even try to dunk it today. Um, but like just making making all those reads, he's, he's put the time in, put the work in for nights like tonight, and this won't be the last one. All right, that's it. Thanks, Donovan. There you go. Uh, that's Donovan Mitchell, obviously, with some really nice words about uh, Royce O'Neal, who was just terrific tonight with 20 points, six rebounds, a couple of assists as well, seven of 12 um, from the field. And Donovan talked to advocating for Royce to be an all-defensive guy. And, you know, Royce kind of struggled a little bit in the first half guarding Julius Randle, but certainly recovered and, and had a nice game defensively. Well, and he's going to play the entire time, you know, even if he has a stretch where he's not effective he's going to continue to to guard and do what he's supposed to do and um you know what i found through a whole lot of years of basketball is the guys that do that the guys that are going to put the time in and work and not take plays off you know those are the guys who are going to find a way ultimately and um the other thing i want to say about donovan watching that game uh when things weren't going great the jazz actually with him off the floor start the fourth quarter we're out there rolling and who's the guy off the bench cheering and, you know, instructing and being really vocal? Um, we, we talk about Donovan all the time, but that is a, that is a real thing with this guy. Um, and it's, it, it's what allows this team to really kind of have wings because sometimes if your best player is not having a night, there's a dark cloud hanging over that player and the team. You didn't feel that with Donovan because he, we talked about it. He's willing to allow those other guys, hey, it's you, you know, I, I'm not, it's not happening for me. You guys go do it. And so that was a part that stood out to me, not on the court, but the way he cheered, instructed, supported his guys in a, in a tough night for himself. Now, this is just a, a, a somebody observing from the outside, obviously. Um, but Donovan seems like he would be a really fun teammate to have it seems like he's got this upbeat positive outlook on things most of the time that he's having fun even when he's not playing well even when he's cheering from the sideline you know he's up he's demonstrative not not in a negative way but in a positive way and he just seems like mm, support is a big deal to him yeah it's um it's the idea that you know a guy's able to you know take themselves out of the equation and still be a part of things and he can do that um, you know, sometimes, and we see it in the league all the time, it's why teams uh, are mediocre to bad because they have really, you know, there's good, there's good players all over the league, but attitude is so important. Um, and Donovan is not one of those guys that, hey, rah-rah for me and the hell with everybody else. He's a guy who 
Um, you know, he's in this thing for team purpose. And that's why, you know, he was able to say what he said the other night directly to Shaq because he lives it. Yeah, he does. No doubt about it. And you hear that from his teammates as well. Guys like Joe Ingles, uh, who we talked about his comments at great length. All right. Speaking of Royce O'Neal, let's go back to the media room where Royce is addressing the media. All right. We'll start with Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Sorry, guys. Hey, Royce, the first half, you guys, uh, it could have been easy to hang your heads, but you didn't. Does a game like this show you more about your growth as a team in terms of how you were able to respond to this one tonight? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, the first half, we weren't making shots that, you know, usually make wide open, uh, you know, kind of affected our defense. And we knew our defense was going to keep us in the game and, you know, bring us back and those shots were going to start falling. So, Salt Lake Tribune. Royce, I know that uh, you're not a guy who likes to talk about himself very much, but you scored a career high 20 points tonight. Uh, just wondering, you know, between that early stretch where you had seven of the first eight and that late stretch where you kind of helped balloon that that lead, what was working for you tonight? I'm just just taking what the defense was giving me, you know, whether I was knocking down open shots or you know, cutting to the basket or finding teammates. Uh, you know, guys were finding me, you know, as I was open, they were just moving the ball, so. All right, next up will be Andres Lopez, Cultura Sports from Puerto Rico. Thank you. Um, my question is in regards to uh, the COVID protocols. To what extent do you believe that this season winning will rely on the healthiest team as opposed to the quote unquote best team? And how does this impact the credibility of the season? Um, I know we're just going to worry about ourselves, um, take care of each other, you know, stay away from it and focus on basketball and, you know, staying safe from COVID. All right, that's it. Thanks, Royce. Royce O'Neal, there his media availability down there. I think this year, uh, in in responding to that last question, is is going to be challenging for everybody, and probably not equally across the board. We've already seen teams have their issues, and you know, knock on wood for the Utah Jazz. But at some point, you know, it's it's going going to affect them as well. Uh, whether it's their opponents uh, having issues or or the Jazz themselves, they've only lost one game so far this year, which is is not bad considering what some of the other teams have gone through yeah and it's it's not something the only thing you can do is what you're supposed to do uh and the jazz obviously the nba has you know a protocol set forth uh i would imagine the jazz do a great job of following it and that's really all you can do you, you know uh any conjecture beyond that is just that well you, we know the jazz are are taking this whole thing seriously because they were the team in the forefront of it when it all happened you know right. they got a they got a front row seat for the beginning of all this thing and i i would guess that that is having an effect now that they're probably pretty serious about everything and in all honesty the nba their protocols are above and beyond i mean they're very um they're very strict and uh, you know it's part of the reason i i think this is my personal opinion here why things have been so smooth between the players and the league because it would appear that the league is taking this in the health and safety of their players very seriously yeah, and, and I talked about it last week. I mean, there's a lot of things these guys have to do that you don't see. Um, I, I mentioned talking to Alex Jensen on a game, on a Saturday morning um, last week, and they didn't have a game that day. I said, what are you doing? It was like 9 in the morning. He said, I'm driving in to get tested. So, I mean, they have to do a lot of different things to make sure 
that they're within the protocol and um you know we know the jazz are going to do things the right way and and again, fingers crossed that it won't affect them too much. Right. Um, then Roy's talking about their their on the court play, uh, and of course this is a, a great take coming from Royce. But you know those shots are not going down. They just need to continue to keep up their defense, and they they have confidence in their offense that it'll come around as long as they get some stops. Which is a sign of a great team and a mature team. Uh, everybody, when things are going well offensively, can find energy to guard. Um, but it takes kind of a, a special team and a special group of guys when things were going as tough as they were for the Jazz in the first half to continue that and really to have defense be the thing that's, that flips the game for you. All right, Go Where Love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. The Jazz beat the Knicks tonight, 108-94. to We'll get you more player sound. And we'll get you more analysis coming up next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jazz victorious tonight, their ninth consecutive win, 108-94 to over the New York Knicks. They moved to 13-4 and on this young season, and they're actually only half a game back of the Lakers for the best record in the NBA, Tim. Let's get to uh, your three-point feature, sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Uh, the Jazz, 15 of 48 from three tonight, 31.3%. Uh, let's see here. They were led by George Niang. How about George? Three of six coming in off the bench and shooting the ball well. Uh, Mike Conley was three of seven. Uh, Bogdanovich, two of seven. Royce O'Neal, two for five. Donovan Mitchell, two for nine. Joe Ingles, one for four. And Jordan Clarkson, two for ten. You said something a couple of games ago, Tim, and forgive me, I can't remember exactly which post game uh, it was. They run together a little bit, of course. But uh, you were talking about how, you know, the Jazz are a three-point shooting team, but they don't necessarily rely on it. And this uh, tonight's game might be a good example of what you were talking about. Yeah, this is not a live and die by the three team. Um, this is... You know, they're well-rounded. You know, the three is certainly a weapon that they use. And like tonight, even though they didn't shoot a great percentage, one of the great things is they're, they're going to get those threes up. Um, and they've got enough shooters that a game can kind of get turned. You mentioned George Yang. He hit two big ones in that run. Um, but, it, you know, the way the Jazz space the floor and the guys they have out there, they all, they're all capable of being that guy to make the big ones. Um, but the confidence is there. Uh, didn't shoot a great percentage tonight. Again, still made 15. So uh, we talked about it kind of being the three versus two game, and the threes prevailed. Uh, number I know that you watch closely, assists uh, per field goals made. Jazz 24 assists tonight on 37 made field goals. That's pretty darn good. Yeah, and it's becoming a thing. You know, I, I think I brought it up when they were, you know, in that little lull and they were dead last in the league, and we knew that wasn't who this team was. Um, so... That cert that number's trending up. They're you know they they've definitely risen up. You know probably close to ten spots, and it's a consistent thing night after night. Uh, Joe Ingles, by the way, led the team in assists tonight with six in twenty seven minutes, and Mike Conley had five in his thirty two minutes 
And again, can't uh, talk about this number enough. Plus 27 in the plus minus. And we'll get to Mike's total plus minus coming up when we talk about the stats our boy Tyson Ewing sent us. So I'm excited for that. Stay tuned for that. All right, let's get some more postgame sound. Let's uh, hear from Mike Conley. Hey, Mike. We'll get started with Sarah Todd, Deseret News. All right. Hey, Mike. Uh, obviously, Royce had a really good night tonight offensively, but what is it about his game on nights when he's maybe not scoring that goes under-noticed? Well, I think, uh, you know, Royce is like the glue to this team. I mean, he, he's asked uh, on a nightly basis to uh, guard the best players, um, create, guy, create opportunities for guys offensively by just driving the ball. Um, certain nights he spots up in the corners and high quadrants and knocks down threes. Um, and sometimes he's just running up and down the court and just creating havoc, offensive rebounds and giving us extra possessions. And um, that's stuff that's vital for us. And he doesn't go unnoticed by our team. We know how important he is. And tonight was one of the nights he really showed out. Tony Jones, The Athletic. Uh, to kind of piggyback off of what Sarah said, you know, how important is it for Royce to serve as, as that outlet for you guys when you know, with you and Donovan, when teams kind of uh, trap your pick and rolls, you know, that he's become so good at number one, knocking down a three or um, attacking closeouts and making secondary reads off the dribble. Well, I mean, he's the guy that kind of gets the, uh, the blender started for us because, <clears throat> like you said, when teams do um, trap us on the pick and roll or, you know, just the bigs are really high, um, Donovan and I, we have to get off the ball. We have to swing it. And, and you know, Royce has learned how to be effective in that in that position, in that role, to be able to drive it and then throw a lob to Rudy or throw it to the corner or skip it uh, or knock down the open look. So, you know, having a guy like that allows, allows us to be really dangerous um, when teams try to tra- change up coverages. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Mike, you go over five in the first half. You don't score until those free throws with just seconds remaining before halftime and then come out of the break and hit a three on your first possession, hit another one right after that. What kind of changed for both you and the team on both ends starting early in that third quarter tonight? Um, well, right before we went out, you know, coach told me, you know, be aggressive, shoot every time. Uh, we need you out there, you know, being that guy. So. Uh, third quarter was, you know, the first possession I was going to come down and shoot. Um, any ch- chance I got, I was going to look to make a play. And um, I think everybody just fed off of the same energy. Uh, what coach was trying to get us to understand that we just need to, needed to do more, needed to be more assertive on both ends. And, um, you know, I, I took it upon myself both on offense and defense to, to bring more. And I, I know a lot of the guys did in that early in the third quarter. Ryan Miller, KSL. Uh, Mike, you've played the majority of your minutes alongside Rudy this season. What has made that pairing so successful? Um, well, me and Rudy have spent a lot of time together, you know, watching film and uh, getting work in and practice uh, extra, you know, extra time uh, before and after practice. And uh, both offensively and defensively, we're just really connected right now and um, understanding when to, you know, if I get beat defensively, you know, when to let my guy go. And, and switch on to his guy and he takes my guy and, um, you know, vice versa on offense, just being able to, to be patient on that end and know how to get him the ball, you know, because he works so hard and deserves his opportunities. And um, I think it's just starting to show, you know, more and more as we play together, just, um, you know, our chemistry and uh, what we're, you know, capable of doing. Uh, 
Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Mike, looking ahead to tomorrow at a guy like Luca, triple double machine, what'll be the toughest aspect of his game to defend? Well, I mean, it's, I think, just his playmaking ability. Um, he obviously can score, but I think his he gets his team going when he's able to to, to get those assists and get guys up in looks and um, constantly putting pressure on you um, as he brings the ball up the court. So uh, do our best to try to make everything tough for him. Um, get the ball out of his hands as much as possible uh, and just try to continue to play to our, to our strength defensively and uh, offensive end, just do what we got to do. David James, KUTV. Mike, there were a lot of critical uh, hustle plays in this game, and I'm just curious, you got a lot of assists in your career. When's the last time you had as odd, as odd an assist as that one sprawled in between two defenders, batting the ball at uh, Joe Ingles for a set up a game-tying three? Oh, man. Um, I'd hate to say that I've done that before, but uh, you know, that's not something you, you don't want to be in that, in that area laying down with people around you and you roll the ball to somebody in the corner, but um, we'll take it. We'll take it. Joe's a heck of a shooter and thankfully I was able to get it there. All right. Last question will be from Andres Lopez, culture of sports out of Puerto Rico. Thank you. Um, Mike coach said just a while ago that today you guys won ugly, but even ugly looked pretty today for you guys. What happened behind the scenes during the halftime that really made you guys tap into that win at all costs mentality to come back for the second half? I think uh, tonight, you know, coach really just reminded us that, you know, if we want to be a great team, uh, we want to be a, a championship contending team. These are the type of games you have to win. No matter how good the other team's playing, they shot the ball very well in the first half or how poorly we're playing. Um, we have to find a way. And uh, in that third quarter, I think we really took took those words and, and, and just just tried to want it more um, than they did. And, um, and those hustle plays and the, the loose balls and the 50-50 balls and offensive rebounds, all that stuff was showing our effort and, and how bad we wanted it. So, um, you know, good teams, good teams win, win games like tonight. And uh, that's the beautiful part about it. Thank you. All right, that's it. Thanks, Mike. You know, what he said there at the end, uh, Tim, I, I think is, is right on the money. Good teams win games like tonight. Yeah, and we sat here, you know, a lot early last year and watched the Jazz really struggling games like this. Uh, they didn't get off to a great start if they didn't shoot the ball well. Um, you know, it was hard for them to stay connected, and I feel like that's been a huge part of the Jazz growth. Um, and it speaks to, obviously, leadership from the coaching staff. He talked about Quinn bringing that up but then each one of those guys have to take that challenge and um, when the coaches is relaying that message and then the players come out and execute you know you got something special yeah I love that where uh, Quinn pulled Mike aside coming in the second half and said you just shoot all the time <laughs> how many coaches over the years have said that to a player going out there well that's that's what you know Jordan Clarkson's talked about how you know he he came in here and obviously Quinn's had Great coaching advice for JC, but for him to say, you know, that he feels an absolute amount of freedom and confidence from his coaching staff, that's, that is, uh, that's the ultimate compliment you can pay a coach. All right, let's uh, get some more postgame sound for you. Let's now hear from Rudy Gobert. We'll get started with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Rudy, you guys are really kind of turned it around defensively in that third quarter, you know, the mix it shot, like, 55% in the first half 
and then you guys owned the eight for 23 in that third quarter. What was the key to kind of putting, you know, playing with a little more force and, and getting some more stops in that third? I think for us, it was really to do everything, but do it a little better, you know, uh, just being a little more physical, uh, make it a little harder on the, on the guys that got hot in the first half and, uh, you know, keep doing what we were doing. We really felt like the, they hit a lot of tough shots in the first half, you know, and uh, we could have done a little better job, but we, it's not like we we're breaking down defensively. They just, they were just hitting tough shots and we fixed that in the second half. And, uh, and on the other end, we were able to knock down some shots because we ran out of our defense. Sarah Todd, Desert News. Everybody, Donovan has said it quite a few times this season, and also Mike mentioned that uh, the halftime message was that, you know, in order to be one of the great teams, you're going to have to withstand a team coming in and kind of smacking you in the mouth, but then coming back from it and being able to actually win those kinds of games. So how important is it to win this game and also know that that's a part of your growth, that you have to be able to get these together? I mean, we, that's exactly what we talked about when we lost the first time against against the Knicks, you know, when we when we play defense, uh, even in the nights when we struggle a little more offensively, we're going to be in a position to win the game. And, you know, we kept our focus on defensive end. We didn't worry about, you know, the missed shots on offense. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, we get more stops and uh, and the shots stop falling. So it's, uh, it's really who we are. It's, uh, I think now we, we understand it and we embrace it better than better than ever and uh, it's exciting to be a part of a team that uh, you know takes a lot of pride uh, doing all the little things to to be great defensively because we understand that if you want to be the team that we can be we have to to do those things David James KUTV Rudy, seven offensive rebounds for you individually. That is a really big number. Obviously, the team missed a few more shots, so there were a few more to be had. But was there anything special that triggered that? Because that's a lot of offensive rebounds. I mean, I just try to set the tone, you know, and, uh, you know, when I, when I feel like, I mean, I, try, I was going every time. I ain't going to lie to you. I was just trying to be aggressive and set the tone. And uh, I think, you know, when we, when we miss a shot and we get an offensive rebound and and we get a putback or we get another shot and we make it, I think it's a big, it's uh, pretty demoralizing for the other team. And, uh, you know, I, I try to do that the whole game. All right, that's it. Thanks, Rudy. Rudy Gobert dominated tonight, Tim. 18 points, 19 rebounds, four block shots. He even had a couple of assists. Seven of those 19 rebounds coming on the offensive side. He was 8 of 13 and a uh, from the field and a perfect 2 of 2 from the line. Rudy was terrific tonight. I think the only thing he didn't do was probably buy dinner because they can't go out to dinner together. But, <laughs> um, he did everything else. And um, what's crazy is, is these numbers, you know, again, unbelievable night, but not crazy in the sense that this is a this is a fairly you know seven rebounds offensive rebounds is a number that jumps out but we've been talking about double doubles you know all the way through uh, I just think he's in a special place right now I think he's got a a real understanding of what his role is on this team um, he brings a great amount of energy and uh, we talk about it when he's out on the floor defensively the jazz are as good as there is in the league 
All right, let's get to our stats, courtesy of our friend Tyson Ewing. He works for the television broadcast. You can follow him on Twitter at TyEwing2, T-Y-E-W-I-N-G-2. And he always uh, sends us a few nuggets for the post game. Uh, let's get to this. We'll start with Mike Conley. Uh, we teased this stat. Mike Conley was a plus 27 tonight, a plus 26 in the second half alone. Over the past seven games, the Jazz are now a plus 181 with Mike Conley on the floor. That is That number is insane. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm just excited to keep watching it. Uh, all right, how about this one? This is this was just Donovan's uh, 16th career game going under 10 points. First time going under 10 since January 30th of last year versus Charlotte. And the Jazz are 8-8 eight and eight when Donovan scores in single digits, which actually is not as bad as I would have thought. No, I, I, I would have thought that was worse, too. Yeah, for sure. That's... Um... He, he digs down and finds these, he? does, doesn't he? doesn't he? He's good at what he does, that Tyson. All right. Uh, this was Rudy's 14th time going for 18-plus points and 18-plus rebounds in a game. When he does this, Utah is 11-3. and three. And this was just the sixth time he's gone 18-18 and 18 with four or more blocks in a game, and the Jazz are 5-1 and one when he does that. Wow. That I, would not a surprise. That would not a surprise, no. Uh, the Knicks were scoreless on 12 of their first 13 fourth quarter possessions. Uh, that's the first six and a half minutes of the quarter. Utah outscored the Knicks 20 to three in that stretch. That that I did see because I, I said, man, they haven't scored. And I looked at the at the quarter score and the Jazz had held them to three points. I think Randall made two free throws right after that. Um, just a great job. And, and that was I was a little nervous about the fourth quarter because of the isolation. Um, but nothing to worry about. All right, and our final nugget from Tyson, this one about Royce. Uh, Royce scored nine of Utah's last 14 points en route to his new career high, 20 points. And he deserves to have a career high. Um, Royce is a guy who, again, goes out there most nights, probably uh, gets the second amount, most amount of rebounds, uh, gets the toughest defensive assignment, uh, I think um, it was Mike that said, you know, he's guarding or Donovan said he's guarding guards. You know, we've seen him try to guard Kyrie. Um, you know, he's out there trying to guard Rivers and then has to flip and guard Randall. Th- those are two two totally different skill sets. But uh, it's really nice to see him have an offensive night like that. And he in the fourth quarter it was kind of his quarter. He, he was he was really, really good in that fourth quarter. All right, go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. 108-94 to is your final. The Jazz beat the Knicks. Coming up next, we'll get Coach Lacombe's final thoughts before we look forward to tomorrow night's game against the Mavericks. Uh, We'll continue on next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. David Locke with your play of the game brought to you by Larry H. Miller dealerships for service sales and selection. LHMauto.com driven by you. It's your jazz game night post game show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer, Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. The jazz have now won nine consecutive games. They beat the Knicks tonight. One Oh eight 
to 94. Don't have uh, long to think about it, though. They've got the, the Dallas Mavericks coming up tomorrow night in this building. But, uh, Tim, t- tonight was not – tonight was a very different game, certainly, than the Warriors game was the other night. Uh, I, I think there are a lot of positives to take from it. Uh, but, y- you know, the sports is uh, a lot about overcoming adversity. And the Jazz faced a lot of adversity in the first half of this one and, and played terrifically well in the second half and won it going away. I think one of the biggest things is in the first half when they weren't uh, able to get a whole lot going offensively, you know, they didn't give up that huge quarter. Um, you know, they, they gave up 32 points in the second. But, again, that's a, that's a number with this team that's manageable. It, you know, they didn't have a, a quarter where they just uh, totally lost the opponent. They, they kept, you know, um, kept everything kind of within reach. Um, and Quinn used his timeouts great. Uh, the guys continued to fight, and again, the defensive side of the ball is really the story. Uh, you know, we talk about the offense, we talk about transition, but this is why you know you you position defense as the number one thing, particularly in this league. And if you can get guys all buying into that, nights like this can happen. And this is one that certainly could have been put in the other column, um, but the Jazz found a way, you know, to get number thirteen. And really, that's all you, you learn this lesson and you put that in the in the in the win column. You know, it's 13 instead of five losses. Um, and those things really matter coming down the stretch. We've seen where the Jazz have uh, at the end of a season been, you know, they've lost positioning because of a game like this. And tonight they weren't going to let that happen. I, I keep coming back to what Quinn Snyder uh, said earlier uh, that, you know, Austin Rivers was great in the first half. He had 25 points, and, and Coach Snyder said, you know, that was the difference in the ball game. Just had to make that slight adjustment on how they were playing him, and it, it, it really did. It made all the difference in the world in the second half. He went scoreless in the second half, and the Jazz were being uber aggressive with him, and it, it worked out well, and New York didn't have an answer. I mean, really, nobody had a good game for the Knicks tonight outside of Austin Rivers, and that was really only a half. And, and the, the part that is impressive to me is, you know, Rivers doesn't start, so he didn't start that, that third quarter. The Jazz actually got defensive momentum without him in the game, so they still had the ability to understand, hey, we've got to really continue to guard, but then when Rivers did come in the game, he had zero space, and all of his shots became very, very difficult. Very difficult, yeah. I mean, they, they played that aggressive style defense with Rivers that the Knicks were playing with the Jazz all night long, and it was it was extraordinarily effective. Um, give us a couple of things you're taking from uh, uh, from this one, looking forward to tomorrow night when Luka and the Mavericks get well, to town. Well, I just love the fight. You know, I don't know that the Mavericks can put up this kind of physical approach. Um, you know, it'll probably be more like games we saw where the Jazz are going to be able to move around. They're not going to, you know, get hit on all their cuts. Uh, but to be able to face that very thing again, we saw it with the Timberwolves. You know, the Timberwolves came in here in a game much like tonight um, and got off to a great start in the first half and just knocked the Jazz around. And the Jazz kind of, you know, stood back and let it happen tonight. Uh, again, another night where we saw it with the Pelicans last week, um, still were able to maintain their focus, um, played just a little bit more hard, uh, played a little harder and, uh, played with with the force necessary to be able to f- to turn that game. So I think that's the lesson you take. Um, the the challenge is completely different tomorrow. Uh, Dallas, you know, Luca is one of the the premier offensive players in the league. Um, gets where he wants to go. Really facilitates well. So the challenge will be now on short rest, being able to figure out 
how we're going to how they're going to guard him this year. You know, seeing him for the first time and and doing a great job of of even though they're fatigued, playing with great energy. Uh, don't look now, Tim, but the Jazz are a half game behind the Lakers for the best record in the league. And the Clips lost tonight. The Clips did lose tonight. No, no Kawhi or no Paul George. They're in, uh, I guess, COVID protocols. I, I don't know if it's contact tracing or what and how long they'll be out. I'm, I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, move past the Clips tonight. Yeah, and that's that's you know that's all you could do today. You, you have one opportunity. It's to go out there. You can't play all the other games. You can't worry about them. Um, you certainly keep an eye on the standings, but the only thing you can control is your effort and the uh, the outcome, uh, you know, and how that effort affects the outcome. This game was in doubt, and the Jazz were down, um, but not out, and they continued to battle, and I think that that is probably the, the best thing that came from tonight is, again, got stood up, got punched in the face, you know, came right back, punched, punched back, and then were able to get the game in, in, totally in their control. How tough is is tomorrow night's game going to be uh, with uh, with zero rest after having to basically play um, everybody down? I mean, the the starters sat for a minute there in the fourth quarter, but uh, everybody pretty much played full minutes tonight. It's going to be diff- the 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 Mavericks are a tough test anyway, but probably tough on the on the short rest. I was wondering if you were talking about us or for you and I. Oh, or we'll for be them. fine, buddy. We'll we'll be good to go. Um, yeah. No, it, it's hard. I, I you know the only experience I have with real back to backs. Um, is, you know, maybe in college as a conference tournament situation. And what's really hard, you know, it's different. Like last week they had a back-to-back uh, or they actually played the same team, I guess, with a day off. Um, but tonight they go from one style to totally different style, that coupled with the fatigue. But, um, I, I you know, I, I like where this Jazz team is. Again, they're finding ways to win. Um, and And as Quinn said, and I thought it was the quote of the night, ugly was pretty. Um, the bottom line is the bottom line, and they they figured out a way to win the game, and that's going to be the task for tomorrow as well. Looking forward to watching Luca, though. Me too. One of those the, one of those players that uh, I I think what Locke was talking about with uh, Nate McMillan, who he would sit down and, and and wanted to watch play in the league, and his answer was Kevin Garnett. I mean, Luca's got to be on the short list certainly for me. Yeah, he's one of the the really you know if you, if you're kind of to take the old guard out, he's probably a guy that is going to probably carry the torch for the league. I mean, that's the time of, type of player he is. So uh, anytime you get a chance to watch him live, that's uh, that's terrific. All right, we want to say a big thank you to Lock and Boone, doing a great job uh, calling all the action uh, as usual. Thanks to Amanda Smith, our broadcast assistant tonight. Uh, big thanks to Alex Lundberg. Lundy doing a great job, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Uh, thanks to our title sponsor, Mark Miller of the postgame, Mark Miller Subaru. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now, of course, at Mark Miller Subaru. And uh, big thanks to you, Tim. Always a pleasure, my man. Great being with you. Shout out real quick to my buddies El Capitan and Yoda out there. Uh, just making sure that they, uh, they're they still awake. 108-94 to 94 is your final. The Jazz beat the New York Knicks tonight, their ninth consecutive victory. They'll try to make it 10 in a row tomorrow night. Taking on Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 6. We'll talk to you then on the Jazz Radio Network.